but that Christmas, I didn't even get a doll. I got a sewing machine. Oh my goodness. And I was so disappointed and I was crying. I'm Rachel. And I'm Marcela. And you're listening to the Parenting with Understanding podcast. We are parenting coaches who have helped millions of parents like you all over the world go from feeling isolated and hopeless, unable to break the cycle of permissive or punitive parenting, to feeling confident in parenthood and connected to their children's needs. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Marcella. I'm so happy to be back for another episode. And I'm wondering if you have all of your holiday hot shopping done yet, or are you a last minute shopper? Um, I'm not a last minute shopper. I'm not an early shopper. I don't shop. <laughs> I, can't, I, I write a, a wish list of things that I want for the, for the kids, for the family, and then Brian shops uh, on Amazon. So yes. <laughs> it's a little challenging because the, the Christmas presents come to the door, the twins open the door and they know exactly when it is an Amazon package and we have to hide it and lie to them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you need a you need a welcome mat in front of your house instead of hide these packages from my husband. You need one that says hide these packages from my children. Oh yeah. Have you seen that there's a welcome mat that talks about hiding packages from your husband? Huh, maybe maybe I should have that. So yeah. in today's episode, we are going to talk about Christmas morning disappointments. So one of the two, what about if your children open all the presents and then they don't get to see the present that they were asking, looking, hoping for, or they at last minute, they change their minds. <laughs> and then they're like, but I didn't want this tablet, but you asked for a tablet the whole year, but now I don't want it. And number two, what about if, for example, when grandma gives them a present and it's a disappointment for them and they they show it, the disappointment, and you're kind of embarrassed. That's another thing. So we're going to talk about Christmas morning disappointments here on our podcast. And yes, I'm excited. Before we go there, I want to let you know that HIC Parenting we, Marcela, Marcela Collier, Rachel Rogers, and the whole team in HIC Parenting, we're working really, really hard because next year we're going to release and launch our first coaching program. So up yes. until now, HIC Parenting Education has offered self-paced programs. But from 2023 on, we're going to offer a hold your hand kind of program that every week you are going to meet your coach to help you get to your parenting transformation way faster than the way than how you've been doing right now. <laughs> so you already have any of HIC parenting products. That's awesome. And then you get to have a parenting coach by your side, walking you through uh, live on a, on a call every week. And that program is going to be released next year. So I just wanted to announce that. And I'm very excited. Yes, me too. I really am so pumped about just the evolution that I've seen of Parenting with Understanding over the last couple of years. You know, um, having been a student of Parenting with Understanding first and then joining you as a parent coach, and then now being certified parent coaches who now get to offer an extended program to parents to really help them understand themselves 
alongside understanding their children. I think it's going to be so, so life-changing for so many families. And I'm just, I'm honored. I'm honored to get to do it by your side. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then Rachel and I, we may lead some cohorts. Uh, the idea is to bring in other coaches who are certified in this uh, parenting style as well to to help us out so we can reach as many people as we can and that's the idea okay so let's talk about disappointments has Peyton had disappointments when it comes to presence you know I was just thinking as you were talking about the title that so far she's only four years old pretty much every year all of my family members ask, what is Peyton into? What would she want for birthdays? Same story. And I was thinking that kind of changes as we get older, right? People stop really asking what the children want. And they just kind of like, you know, maybe assume that, you know, as long as I look at the age range of the toy, or if I, you know, like, for sure, my grandson needs a pair of socks with my face on it. You know, <laughs> like, you know, maybe I think there's more assumption as children get older. And I haven't really seen her deal with disappointment around what she has gotten. I have seen her deal with the opposite, though. Disappointment around what she wanted and was not going to get yet. Okay. Yeah. And then what happened? Yeah, it's... It's more like right now she keeps asking for a dollhouse and she has a four foot Barbie dollhouse already, but she wants another dollhouse for her baby dolls and her room, her playroom is small. And so we've been actually talking about um, and helping her navigate through disappointment. Here's an interesting fact. I'm going to rabbit trail for just a second. It, it goes in line with this conversation though. I learned from a therapist on TikTok recently that when children experience disappointment, they are experiencing grief. I was thinking about that is baby grief. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so, you know, that's why you see the tears and it can feel very dramatic, right? We want to label their disappointment as, oh my gosh, it's just a dollhouse, you know? But to them, it's like they have these high expectations and hopes and then the letdown feels really sad. And it is, it's baby grief. But we have handled it by just simply having the continual conversation about these are the things that you do have right now. And, you know, if you want to get rid of the Barbie house and replace it with a dollhouse and she's not ready to do that. So, you know, it's like, okay, well, we have, we have a limit, right? This is, this is a limit. This is a boundary that we have in the home. So what, what can we agree on? And really my goal has been to not power over her in my parenting or to control her emotions or to control her desires, but just to really power with her through that, um, even through the disappointment you know, and validating that feeling of like, you feel really disappointed that you're not going to get a dollhouse. I understand that. I can, I can imagine that feels sad. What can we, what would you like that we can fit? Let's keep talking about options and we'll come to a yes together, you know? Mm. I, and you know, something that I was thinking about that what parents experience, how parents witness and interpret their children's disappointment that many times has to do as well as their, how they were raised. Like, for example, I, when I was five years old, and I still remember it, it was a big disappointment, so big that I still remember it. My Christmas wish was 
I said I wanted a doll as tall as me. That, that was my wish. Any doll, but I wanted a doll as tall as me. And I guess my parents couldn't find it or I don't know what happened. But that Christmas, I didn't even get a doll. I got a sewing machine. Oh, my God. And I was so disappointed and I was crying. And then my dad said, when I was growing up, I wanted a horse. And, and then my, I, I got a drawing of a, of a horse because we were so poor. And that was my Christmas present. So the fact that you got your sewing machine, kind of like, I don't, I, I don't remember the exact words, but it kind of made me feel ungrateful. Like you should be grateful yeah. for what you have because I have way less than you. Um, and if, if you grew up with uh, in poverty, uh, if you grew up with uh, not your basic needs met, your children's disappointment over a Christmas present could feel really ungrateful to you, could feel like over the top, could feel like when I was a kid, we, we were lucky if we had dinner and now you're fussing over a toy that you didn't get, you know? Right. Yeah. So as real as it feels, because I know it does feel really real for a lot of parents who grew up in in financial distress, your child's experience, your child's internal experience of what, what they're living is detached. I know it may seem is connected, but it's detached from your experience. They don't know how you grew up. They don't know what you experienced. They're just seeing their world through their own eyes, through their own experience. So if, if they are feeling disappointment, it's not that they are not grateful they're just feeling disappointed you know and i want to extend uh mercy or uh, empathy because i know if from the things that my my dad tells me how he grew up in a family with 12 kids in a low resource income family it, he lived a lot and he had to work since he was young um However, my experience was really real for me. Yeah, right. And then up until this day, I'm 35, and I still remember the feeling, the letdown. I felt like uh, my heart dropped when I opened that gift, and it was a sewing machine, <laughs> and not the, the doll as, as tall as me. Now, I have to say that even though my dad responded that way at first, he did repair. And that night he acknowledged my feelings. And guess what? My birthday is on in March. And that March of that the next year I got my doll as tall as me. <laughs> <laughs> they realized it was really, really important to you that you got that doll as tall as you. Oh That's my gosh. So and I love that doll. That was my favorite doll until until I was about 10 years old. So <laughs> For five years, I played with that doll every day, and I would put her my clothes on because she was as tall as me. <laughs> That's so awesome. Peyton has asked for a tall doll. She said, I want a tall, she, she may have even said a doll as tall as me. I can't remember if she said those words specifically, but she said, maybe she said, I want a big, big doll. And I was like, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I will totally get you one of those. <laughs> That's a definite yes. You know, something that I was thinking about whenever you were sharing that is um, like just in, in parenting in general, 
Um, I wonder how things would shift for families if they simply did that one thing and took themselves out of their adult shoes in the adult perspective and they put themselves in their child's shoes and and saw things from their child's perspective and asked themselves, you know, at the at the developmental level that my child is at right now, are they able to emotionally and psychologically understand this the way I do? The obvious answer to that in most cases, and I think really in all cases with you know, children in our homes, even teenagers, the answer to that is no, right? They don't have the life experience and the understanding that we do. And I love a phrase that Lisa Smith, she was on our podcast earlier this month. So if you have not listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. It was chef's kiss. Amazing. But she says a phrase that has stuck with me and it is get curious, not furious. And that's what, you know, when we see ungrateful, like when we view our child's behavior as ungrateful, it, it raises up anger and frustration and fury in some cases for us, right? But if we were to get curious and ask ourselves, okay, I wonder if we were to get curious in that scenario instead and ask ourselves, okay, why is this important to my daughter or my son? What is this emotion telling me what need could be underneath this emotion? How can I teach my child that disappointment is just going to be something they experience, right? <laughs> like, you know, and, and really like getting, um, yeah, getting curious instead of allowing those emotions, big emotions to overtake our thoughts, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And um, when we do, say things that maybe my dad, how I said, he came back to himself and then he reflected on his own behavior. Sometimes out of impulse, we may say things like, okay, don't be ungrateful. Abuelita gave you with all her love, gave you that with all her love. Say thank you. That's another thing. The the force thank yous. (laughs) The force thank yous. Say thank you. You should say thank you right now. And then your son or your daughter is not saying thank you. And then you may feel when you are in front of family and your child is quote unquote acting ungrateful as my parents are watching me and it feels kind of like your inner child is it's coming to to the surface and it feels the same way as when you were a little kid and your your parents were watching over you to see how you were going to behave how you were going to make the right choices how are you, how are you going to please them and now you are in the same position but not not as a little kid as an adult and your parents watching you how your child how you're going to handle your child who is not saying thank you <laughs> who is not appreciating the gifts, who is crying and melting down over the thing that they, they, they didn't get or that they saw that they didn't want. Yeah, I saw a tip. I've seen a couple different opinions about this on TikTok, and I feel personally like I lean toward one, but I don't think the other is necessarily bad. One was the mom saying that she taught her children that it was totally okay to respectfully say 
um, like she was giving ways to tell your relatives, I, I don't wear socks. I don't wear shirts like this, but I appreciate your effort or I appreciate the thought behind this or something like that. Um, and then the other was this, um, this woman talking about how she taught her children to, um, even if they did not like what they got to be thankful in the moment and then to come tell her later behind the scenes, Hey mom, I really don't want this gift. You know, can we give it to someone else? Can we, you know, do something like that? And I think I personally lean more to the side of having my children come to me rather than trying to, you know, say to a family member, you know, respectfully, I don't really like this. Right, because you are you are a controlled environment, but yeah. your family, our elite is not a controlled environment. Right. So you may teach your child to say that, but you cannot control what she says back to your child. And then everything could end up really wrong, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. That was definitely my feeling on it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm curious, is there anything else that you would tell parents in the moment? Like when they're, they're in the living room on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, everybody's unwrapping presents and a child gets something that they do not like. And maybe like... Let's talk about like young children who are very vocal and would say, ah, I don't like this or something like that. What, would, what advice would you give parents that were in that scenario? So last year, okay, so we, we handle Christmas presents different here because we are a Colombian American family. So we have Santa Claus, which is the American person or the American character that brings the presents. And we have baby Jesus, which is the Colombian character who brings the presents. In Colombia, we don't have Santa Claus. We have baby Jesus. <laughs> okay. So Santa Claus, like the, parent, the twins don't know yet, but Santa Claus is us, Brian and I. And baby Jesus is the, the other family members. So what we tell them is that, that Santa Claus usually like, is, is going to bring them what they wrote in the Santa letter. But because baby Jesus doesn't know how to read <laughs> yeah. and there is no alert for baby Jesus, then he could just bring whatever he feels and thinks that year. <laughs> yeah. And it could be something they like, could be something they don't like. So that's what, how I, we do as a family. I'm not saying for you to do something similar. But uh, the bottom line is here to... Talk to them in, in advance. Talk to Melina in advance and tell them it's, you're going to get your wish list. Um, Santa is already working on it. And then there are going to be other presents that are not part of your wish list. Some of them, you may like them, you may enjoy them. Some of them, might not, you might not like them. And then to have that little conversation or you can do even a little role play or do it through storytelling or to in, in play how to handle this appointment. So if you're playing with your child, as you say, you're, you're playing Legos and the little story of the Legos that you're playing, then then put reverse roles. Do a, a little role reversal with your child, meaning that in the in the Lego game, you are the child opening the present and, and seeing a present that you don't like and then model to your child through play how you 
would handle that and then they learn that way so yeah I love 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 that advice and I think that would really help children um, as well and I, I think something also that we have done as a family that has helped Peyton for birthdays and for Christmases um, especially in like the last couple of years where she's really started to understand like her birthday is her day. Like it's this special day, right? And Christmas is a day where we give gifts to everybody. Um, something that I have started doing is um, telling her, you know, we can put this on your birthday list. We'll take a picture and mommy will save it to her phone. And this is your wish list. So if we go into Walmart, for example, she always wants to go to the toy section. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But when we do, it's like, you know, she wants all the things, right? And so I'll say, okay, well, we are walking out of here with one thing today, but you can, we'll take a picture of the rest of the things and we'll save it for birthdays and Christmas. And that has really helped me in, and helped her in those moments to know that like you can like a bunch of things, but you are not going to have all of those things always. And it, it kind of like lets her know you're going to get things that you do like on the holidays. They're, they're going to be things that you've picked out. Right. Um, and you know, for us, her birthday and Christmas are really close together, right? They're like two months apart. So that works for us. But if you have a child who has a January birthday, uh, well, that would actually work really well. Let's say you have a, a child with a um, April, May, June, right? And there's about five or six months between Christmas and their birthday. You that you might have to, you know, take that and modify it a little bit because it may be a really long time, especially for your two, three, and four-year-olds to have to wait four or five months before they're getting gifts again. But just getting that into their minds can really help prepare them, I think. Mm-hmm. Now, in the moment, let's just say that you do all that, and regardless, they open grandma, grandma's present, and it is not a toy, it's a pair of socks and underwear, and, <laughs> and then they start melting down. Um, what I would do is, because there is, at least in my home, everybody's there, it's noisy, especially with Santi, I would just uh, move into another room or go with him to another room and then help him calm down, <laughs> bring him back in. That's what I would do. I And I think that that really is the courteous thing to do for all children, you know, I mean, because imagine having a panic attack essentially in the middle of a very public place and everyone's eyes are on you. You would want to move to a private and safe space too, I think, even as a grown adult with a fully developed brain with, you know, hopefully control over your emotions and impulses, right? Well, children don't have those. And so, yeah, I think that that brings up a great point to, to move them to a private place and have the discussion and co-regulate with them, you know, help them calm down. Before we close, how would you handle the conversation with grandma who is in that mindset of they're ungrateful? You know, how, how would you handle that conversation? I would probably first get curious and ask a question to her about, you know, did you ever, did you ever have an experience in your childhood where you got a gift that you did not like? Um, and then if the answer to that was yes, I would walk down that road of, do you remember what it felt like? And um, were you truly ungrateful or was it just a really big, it was very important to you? If the answer was no, um, I would say I would I would probably move more towards 
um, you know, children experience grief differently than, than we do. And I would probably have the conversation about baby grief with my family member if they were in a place where they could have that conversation. If I felt like it was a, a triggered response and that it was going to lead to an explosive conversation, I would probably just say, hey, let's let's talk about this after we've, you know, everything's kind of the dust is settled. Everybody's calm. Again, I would love to talk to you about that. I think we just need a few minutes before we do. If you got anything out of this episode, I encourage you to leave us a review. And if you are an HIC cycle breaker, meaning if you are HIC parenting's client, if you have any of our products, just join our private Facebook group. Our community is there. Go to Facebook and search for HIC Cycle Breaker community and then request to join. If you're not already, you can also follow us on TikTok and Instagram at High Impact Club and at The Considerate Mama. And don't forget, it only takes understanding to break your cycle. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye. Bye.